gospel. Christ himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Our master said that. And here we see Paul pens these words that are before us. Remember, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, it's God the Holy Spirit who's moved him to pen these words. So the true author of these verses is God the Holy Spirit. He brings forth in verse 6, that the Galatians and following the Judaizers' words about works of man and the work of Christ added together being mixed. In following these false teachers, they had removed themselves from the one true gospel of salvation in and through Christ alone. Now we're going to see later on in this verse that the tenses that Paul uses in the Greek, he means, when he says removed, it doesn't mean they're, they're totally gone. It doesn't mean that. There's still hope for them. They haven't totally apostatized. They're listening to these false teachers. They're tickling their ears. They're listening to them. But they haven't totally given themselves over to the false gospel. And Paul brings forth in verse 7 that that which the Judaizers are teaching is not the one true gospel. It's a perversion of the gospel. And again, remember who the author of this book is. It's God, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's setting before us in this letter from Paul to the Galatians a teaching for us about the gospel. And we see this church being corrected. Right? Paul doesn't say you're, you're, not, you're not believers. No, he's, he's writing to the Galatians and says, you're my brothers and sisters in Christ, but I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for, for what's happened. And we know that the Lord Jesus Christ... God in the flesh saved his people from their sins 2,000 plus years ago and he did it by his perfect, complete sin atoning work because look at verse 4, who gave himself for our sins. So before any corrections done, the gospels proclaimed that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. The Lord Jesus Christ saved his people. He saved us 2,000 years ago. He saved his people from their sins. Now there's lost sheep out there who don't know that yet. But God's, God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, saved them 2,000 years ago. They have no idea. Just like we didn't have any idea. We had no idea that we were God's elect. We had no idea that we were his people. My, oh my. And with that in our minds, now let's look at verse 7 of Galatians chapter 1, which is the verse that we'll be looking at today. Paul, speaking about this other gospel, corrects himself and says here, which is not another. It's not a gospel. It's not good news. Anytime man's works are added with the finished work of Christ, it's another gospel. I don't care how small or how sincere the person is or how small the act that they're supposed to do. If I like what Spurgeon said. If there's a stitch of our righteousness which we have no righteousness, but if there's a stitch of our works in, in the robe that we're clothed in, the righteousness of Christ, then it's not the righteousness of Christ. Because the righteousness of Christ is a robe that he stitched together by his perfect life and by his perfect death on Calvary's cross in our place. He saved his people from their sins. So Paul writes here, which is not another. Let's read verse 6 and 7 together. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. 
but there'd be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Think of that, of the abundance of his heart and his, in his, his hands. His mercy and his grace is on full display, isn't it? Is he gives us salvation, grants us salvation. Christ has the power to, to give salvation to whom he wills, right? Well, he gives it to all whom he died for on Calvary's cross. And we're going to spend the rest of our lives afterwards rejoicing then that he did that. Think of this. If salvation is clogged with our doings and our works and mixed with the merits and the bloodshedding of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, then that would be a mingling of our labors and the merits of a sinner. But that's nothing but false gospel, is it? You can't, you can't add the merit, because we have no merit. You can't add our works with the perfect finished work of Christ. As Brother Travis said, if you add to that which is perfect, it's no longer perfect. It's been marred, isn't it? It's been marred. So it's a perversion of the gospel. And if think of this too. Some people say, well, you know, God did, Christ did everything he can to make us savable. I've heard people say that before. Now the rest is up to you. Well, if Christ died and, and we're only saved in part and we make up the deficiency in ourselves, if Christ has only bought my poor soul into a savable state by obtaining favor from me by my endeavors, and, and God, will be, God will accept me through that, and it will depend upon my tears and my repentance, this isn't good news, is it? Because I'm a sinner from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. That's not good news at all. I can't save myself. It's nothing but a false gospel. There's no, no glad tidings in that, is there? If there's something I have to do to be saved, if Christ has, has done everything he can and, and now the rest is up to me, then I'm in a miserable state. My, oh my. Nothing but a false gospel. Anyone who tells you, I mean anyone, anyone who tells you there's something you have to do, anything, I mean anything, Praying a prayer, bowing your head, doing this and that, walking an aisle. Anything that you have to do to be saved is a false gospel. I'll tell you what. Brother, God saved you driving down the road after you heard that message, right? Just like that, didn't he? Just like that. It's a heart work. You were born again. Sister, you told me that one, one minute you, were, you, you felt the sorrow of your sins. And the next second, the balm of Christ was, was, this is wonderful. It's wonderful. One minute, we're, one minute, one second, we're lost. The next second, we're saved. And we're rejoicing. We're rejoicing. Because it's a heart work, beloved. God does a heart work in us, doesn't he? He does. He makes us new creatures in Christ. We're born again by his Holy Spirit. My. And think of this, too. Think of this. If salvation is dependent upon something I do, then when's it enough? When's it enough? How many, how many works do I have to do to be saved? And then how many works do I have to do to keep being saved? Well, I can't do any works that are good before God, so I'm doomed. But in Christ, oh, praise God, I'm saved. So God sees no more, doesn't look upon my sin anymore. 
washed in the precious blood of Christ. And we rejoice in that. We rejoice in that truth. Let's look at verse 7 again. And remember again, these words are inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Paul is penning these words, but the true author of the scriptures is God the Holy Spirit. And there's much here for our learning within this, even this first chapter. This whole book we're going to see is wonderful. But look what he, he pens here again by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Speaking of the false gospel that the Judaizers are proclaiming, that you have to be circumcised to be saved along with the finished work of Christ. He says this, that, that gospel is not another, but there be some that trouble you and we pervert the gospel of Christ. So God himself is here telling us. God himself, the true author of the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, is here telling us that there's only one true gospel. In these two verses, that's what he's bringing forth before us. And you see, all these things fell out. Think of this too. Think of how God in his wisdom and in his providence allowed these things to fall out, to fall the way they did. Why? I like what Brother Norm always reminds me, for the furtherance of the gospel. So here we are, 2,000 years later, reading these truths and going, wow, if you mix works with grace, it's no longer grace. So we can now, by studying the scriptures, right, study to, to show thyself approved to God, right, so to a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So now we can rightly divide the word of truth. So someone comes to you and says, well, salvation's this way, by baptism. We can say, no, that's wrong. Salvation's in Christ alone. Baptism is just an just a outward profession of Christ and shows an inward conversion within us. But there's groups out there who believe you must be baptized to be saved. The, the big one is the Church of Christ. And that's nothing what they... The, the, what's called baptismal regeneration. The Catholics believe that too. Because they believe that once a baby is baptized, then they're part of the church. Well, that's called baptismal regeneration. It's, it's just, a, just an outright lie. Just an outright lie. So any preaching other than that, which is the true gospel of God's sovereign grace... Is electing, redeeming, sanctifying grace for a particular people, right? He didn't die for everyone. He died for his people, though, didn't he? And we rejoice that, that we rejoice that we're his people. Now, we don't know who the people, the lost sheep are, so therefore the gospel goes to everyone. We say, flee to Christ. And God makes it effectual. He makes the preaching effectual. But anything that any, any preaching other than the one true gospel is a perversion of the gospel. Any preaching, I don't care again how sincere a person is, that adds a pinprick, even a pinprick of our works, is a perversion of the gospel. So studying these scriptures, we, are, we can rightly divide the truth, can't we? And it's the whole, remember who the teacher is too. Remember who our teacher, this is amazing. Remember who our teacher is, the same one who would Paul author this. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He guides us into all truth, doesn't he? He guides us into all truth. And let me, let me not be misunderstood. Any preaching that promotes anything that man does, anything that man does to merit God's salvation is another gospel. Flat out. 
And, and, you know, I try to be as clear as I can when I'm preaching. I came out of workspace salvation. It's miserable. It's absolutely miserable. My, you go in here in the preaching and it's all about what you got to do and about, about all this stuff and you, you come out going, oh my gosh, I'm such a terrible, I'm, I, I, I'm going to have a shock in heaven. I'm just so terrible. Oh my, aren't you thankful that salvation's in Christ and him alone and that our, we're saved based upon his merits, based upon his grace, based upon his mercy? That it's not dependent upon you and I, beloved. This is the true gospel. Christ saves his people. Some believe that baptism saves them. That's another gospel. That's flat out. It's another gospel. Some believe that their free will saves them. Well, that's another gospel too. Do we, do we flee to Christ? Absolutely. Thy people shall be made willing in the day of thy power. Our will is bound to our nature. And when we're dead in trespasses and sins, all we can do is choose sin. My, oh my. Some believe that meeting on Saturday saves them. Seventh-day Adventists are big on that. That's another gospel. That's another gospel, beloved. Some believe church affiliation saves them. When I was a Catholic, I thought, well, I'm a Catholic, I'm good. Thought the church affiliation was what got me in. Boy, oh boy, did my world ever get shook up. My, oh my. When God showed me that salvation's in Christ alone. Some believe that they're saved by keeping the law and trust in Christ. That's another gospel. That's, Christ is it what? The end of the law for righteousness, isn't he? He fulfilled the law in our place. Now, do we, do we look at the law of God and see a holy God? Absolutely. The law is perfect, but it can't save. It comes from a holy God, but it can never save. And that which the law couldn't do, Christ did. He came in, he came in the flesh, fulfilling the law in our room and place, beloved. Therefore, again, the scripture says Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. A righteousness we can't produce on our own but a righteousness that makes us fit to be in the presence of God. My, oh my. Some believe that they become more holy and sanctified by keeping the law. Well, that's another gospel too. And I don't want to be misunderstood again. Most of what you hear on the radio and on the TV, just shut it off. I can't even watch it. I get so upset. I'll be honest with you. I can't even watch the stuff on TV anymore. And I hear something on the radio. I got to turn. Vicky and I like listening to the radio when we're driving around the car. And sometimes, well, when when it's on a certain station, sometimes something will come on. And you just I I turn that thing off faster than I can. You can blink. My put on a sermon by Donnie or by by somebody else and listen to that on the way on the way down the road. So most of what's taught on the radio and on television by those who claim to be representatives of a God is nothing but a false gospel. Think of this. Think of this. Give a dollar. Give a dollar and, and Lord, take that dollar and seed money it and it'll become $10,000. Where's Christ? Where's, where's what he did on the cross? It's not there. Those guys' pockets are just getting lined, aren't they? And they're, they're, it's awful. 
it's awful what what some of them televangelists do and all that. They, oh my, let's pray for them. Hey, eh? pray the Lord will save them. Pray the Lord will show them the truth. So anything that mixes man's works with the perfect finished work of Christ is another gospel. And works being anything you can think in your mind, right? I haven't read my Bible enough. I need to read my Bible more and, and God will show favor to me. You ever thought like that? I used to think like that in religion. I did. Well, maybe if I pray more, God will show favor to me. Now, is it good to read the Bible? Absolutely. Read it. Read it. But pray that God will give you understanding. I like what Henry said. Better a few verses read with understanding than chapters with no understanding at all. My. Should we pray to God? Absolutely. We, plead, we, we find ourselves praising his name, as I said last week, all the time, don't we? You pull in a parking lot. Oh, Lord, thank you for that parking spot. Right? I've done that many times. Vicki did it this week. We were driving around. She's like, praise God. There was a parking spot right up front. <laughs> it was wonderful. It's, it's just, you just thank them, don't you? You're so thankful for the little lives. So, what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is a declaration of what God has done. When I get up and preach the gospel, I'm just declaring what God's done for sinners. It's a work that's already done. It's already finished. And, and I tell people, look to Christ and live. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul said, and thou shalt be saved. Paul didn't say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized. Did he? If ever there was a time when, when, when it could be said of something that man did merited salvation, Paul would have said it there with that Philippian jailer. But he didn't say it, did he? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Do you believe on Christ? That's the question, isn't it? Are you born again by the Holy Spirit of God? Has he, has he regenerated you and you shown you your desperate need for Christ? And you flee to him? <laughs> you look to him and live? Oh my, you, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And that we pray that, that God would do that. If you, do not, if you haven't looked to him, if you're looking to yourself or your religion, we pray that God would give you eyes to look to Christ. So the gospel is a declaration of, of redemption accomplished by the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation accomplished by the Lord Jesus Christ. 2,000 years ago. Tim James used to say, he, and I love this, he just says, we're just telling people what's already done. Already been done for them. And God's elect are born again and granted faith to believe on Christ and we rejoice, don't we? We're, we spend the rest of our life rejoicing. And think of this again, mixing something imperfect, our works, with that which is perfect, the finished work of Christ, thereby perverts that work. It's a perversion. And it's not good news, it's damning to the soul. It's damning to the soul. It's another gospel. It's anything, any works-based salvation is damning to the soul. Well, you can say, well, but Wayne, all those people are so sincere. Yeah, I know they are. But you know what they're doing really in their hearts? They're shaking their fists at God saying, why not have this man rule over me? 
That's what I was doing in my, by, by trying to gain merit and favor with God by what I did. And you know, who, you know what? I was ignorant of God. I didn't know who he was. I thought I knew who he was, but I found out I didn't know who he was. Now let's break down this. Let's break down this verse in the Greek. We're going to look at some sections here in the Greek. This verse says, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. See the words here, which, which is not another. The word not in the Greek is in the absolute negative. It's in the absolute negative. It's like when the Lord's, or in, in Hebrews, when Paul wrote, and he said, the, the, uh, writing about the Lord not leaving us nor forsaking us, he said, uh, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And that's in the, that's in the negative where not ever, never, never. Well, this is, this is in the negative, the double negative of being, it's not, it is not a gospel. So there's emphasis, there's, there's an absolute negative. No, not so in the Greek. No, not so. Bringing forth that that which the Judaizers are teaching is absolutely not the gospel. Not the gospel. Anything man adds to the finished work of Christ is absolutely not the gospel. This is how, this is how serious this is. And the salvation... By, by works message is no good news to a lost sinner, is it? Can't help him. Can't help him. Catholicism had no help for my soul. None. When I, when I found out what the Bible really said, I saw myself as absolutely lost. And then I saw that verse. That I, I've told you many times, there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. One mediator. Not no priest. One mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh my. Oh my. Beautiful. And the Bible clearly says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, right? So clear, isn't it? So clear. So we see here, we see here then that, that Paul is emphasizing in the Greek that this is not the gospel. No, not so. Not so. And listen to, turn if you would, let's, let's read again, Galatians 1, 6 again. Same. And, and I'm going to read this from the literal Bible. The, literal, the Greek literal Bible that they have, and I put this in here. And you can follow along in the, in the King James there. It says, in the Greek literal, it says, I am amazed that you, or I am amazed that so quickly you are deserting from the one who hath called you in the grace of Christ to another gospel. So, it's being brought forth here in, in a desertion from the gospel. And then in the Greek literal it says, which is not another, very similar to what the King James says here, which is not another, except there are some who are troubling you and are desiring to pervert the gospel of Christ. So they desire, by their teaching of adding man's works by getting circumcised and trusting Christ, they perverted the gospel by adding man's works. Now, we see the word pervert there in verse 7. I found this very interesting. I found this very interesting because 
Paul again is bringing forth by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God that the Judaizers were by their teachings perverting the gospel of Christ. Now this word is used in the present tense. Remember I mentioned about being used in the present tense according to Weiss, which indicates that the troubling was a present fact. The perversion was yet only a wish of the Judaizers. Judaizers were seeking to turn them away from the true gospel. So with this being written in the perfect tense, the word pervert is from a Greek Greek word which means to reverse, to change, the opposite, to turn them about. So the, the Judaizers wanted to turn them from the true gospel, but hadn't yet. They, they, the Galatians hadn't totally succumbed to their influence yet. And then see where it says troubling, where it says they're troubling you and desiring to pervert the gospel of Christ. Well, the ones who are causing division, which is what the word troubling brings forth, they're causing division within the body. Paul's taught that the gospel's by salvation alone in Christ, and these Judaizers have come in, perverted the gospel of God's free grace by adding man's works, and are now troubling or dividing the people of God. And these false teachers had persuaded the Galatians to leave Paul's message and receive theirs, but they hadn't totally succumbed to that, like I said earlier. They haven't totally succumbed to that. So Paul's writing this letter. Paul's writing this letter to the Galatians. And the false teachers, they want the Galatians to to be removed from that sound gospel, the one true gospel, to that which is a perversion of the gospel. And they added circumcision, ceremonies, holy days, human works to the work of Christ. Again, thereby perverting it. So that it wasn't the gospel that was being preached. So we see here then that the purpose of the Judaizers was to change the gospel of grace, which Paul preached. Just to change it, just a little bit. They knew they flat out couldn't change the whole thing, but just a little bit of human works. Just a sprinkle of human works added in there. See, Satan, he's crafty, isn't he? He knows that we're wired for works. In our natural state, we're wired to do things, beloved. That's why it's so hard for us just to rest in Christ. Because we're wired to do something. When we're dead in trespasses and sins. And the Judaizers' message was a message of salvation by good works instead of a message of salvation offered free, freely from God. And it was not merely to derange it or to turn it aside from its true meaning. No, no, by perverting the gospel, they were actually transforming it into something that was diametrically opposed to the original. The false gospels out there are diametrically opposed to the one true gospel. They are in total opposition. It makes us grateful that God's showing us the truth, doesn't it? Oh my. Oh my. And I mean, they, they are so opposed. They're like oil and water, like I mentioned earlier. And therefore, the action of the Judaizers themselves testify to the mutual incompatibility of 
of law and grace. They don't mix. They can't mix. If you mix, if you mix works into, into the into grace of God, it's no longer the grace of God. My. So this is serious, isn't it? And these two systems have nothing in common. Paul wrote this in Galatians, or in Romans eleven six. If by grace, then it is no more of works. So if salvation's by grace, it's no more of works. Because Christ has done all the work. Then he goes on to write, otherwise, grace is no more grace. You add a pinprick of man's works, it's no longer grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. My, what a verse. So the Judaizers' message again was diametrically opposed to salvation in Christ alone. They proclaimed that there was something you had to do to be saved. Now bring that home today. Any man preaching something you have to do, no matter how small it is, no matter how big it is, in order for you to gain merit and favor with God, is diametrically opposed to the gospel of God's free and sovereign grace. Brother Charlie, think of, think of what the Lord took you out of, man. Saved you by his grace, you and Sister Denise. Took you all out of that, that something you had to do to rest now in Christ. Absolutely amazing. And we didn't know. We didn't know at that time that what we were hearing was diametrically opposed to the true gospel of salvation through Christ. We, I didn't know that until God revealed himself to me. And oh my. And showed me the truth in the gospel. Oh my. My oh my. And then you rejoice because there's nothing we have to do. <laughs> you mean salvation's free? Yes. You mean it's, it's all by what Christ did? Yes. Absolutely. So it's a hazardous thing, isn't it, to tamper with the gospel? It is a hazardous thing. It cannot be abridged or enlarged. Any gospel that makes righteousness before God dependent upon the sinner is a false gospel. I don't care if it's the works or will of man. It's no gospel. It's not good news. It's not good news. Praise be to God. Again, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. He's all our righteousness. He's everything. He's all we need. He's all we need. My, look at this again in verse 7. Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. Beloved, salvation is from beginning to end of the Lord. It's all of him. Turn with me real quick to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I want to finish this. Do you know God chose us in Christ from the beginning in eternity? This shows divine electing love, doesn't it? God's ordained, appointed, decreed, and elected a people. And he predestinated them from the beginning of the world to be his church. We don't know who they are, so the gospel, we preach the gospel, send it out all over the world, eh? And God does whatever he's pleased to do. And then look at, look at, salvation comes to them through the sanctification of the Spirit, which means setting apart. We're set apart, beloved, from the world. Look what it says again. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, so we praise our God for for what he's, we praise Jehovah for what he's done for us. Brother and beloved of the Lord. Look at that. You're loved of the Lord. 
You're divinely loved. We don't always feel that, do we? Because we're sinners. But that, that's what that means. You're divinely loved. Look at that. Because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit in belief of the truth. Belief of the one true gospel. That's what that is. Belief of the truth. Belief of the one true gospel. Belief that salvation's in Christ and Him alone. And the only way we believe that is we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Set apart, sanctified by the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, and so notice the sequence here of our Lord's salvation. First, we, we are blessed to be chosen to such an end. Chosen to such an end, then regenerated, and then granted faith to believe the gospel of God's grace. What a blessing. What a blessing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy and your goodness and your grace. Oh, thank you, Lord, for saving our